Believe it or not, international trade is about to get simpler. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. and exporters complain all the time about the massive documents they're required to file with government agencies, both in the U.S. and abroad. Now they're about to get some relief. The U.S. and some of its key trading partners are close to adopting the so-called single window, a means by which traders can file standardized information and documents through one entry point, fulfilling all regulatory requirements. In the U.S., that means that a single filing will satisfy not only Customs and Border Protection, but 47 other federal agencies as well. And the idea is even more advanced in China, Singapore, and South Korea. Internationally, the notion of a single window is contained in the Trade Facilitation Agreement negotiated under the World Trade Organization's Doha Round of Trade Talks. In fact, it's the only thing to survive that debacle. Joining me on this episode to talk about the progress of the single window and other aspects of trade facilitation is Don Lewis, an international legal consultant and former visiting associate professor and lecturer in law at Stanford University. He's optimistic that the single window will soon become a reality, greatly reducing red tape and resulting in substantial cost savings for global supply chains. By the way, he believes that India's recent veto of the Trade Facilitation Agreement in Bali is nothing more than a hiccup, a temporary setback in ratification. So here is my conversation with Don Lewis. Don Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have an opportunity to talk about the whole issue of trade facilitation and the single window specifically. But let's start at the kind of the high level. Kind of give us some background and some, you know, a larger perspective on the whole trade facilitation initiative that we're seeing uh, going forward right now at Customs and Border Protection. Yes, I mean, I think uh, what needs to be appreciated is that uh, the single window and, and what is uh, being developed uh, through uh, uh, U.S. Custom, uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, is part of a, a larger phenomenon uh, that uh, is described as, as trade facilitation. And uh, trade facilitation uh, has been a major feature of, of international trade liberalization uh, really since the, the 1990s. Uh, and uh, these efforts have culminated uh, in the WTO Trade Facilitation Agreement concluded in Bali in December of 2013, uh, not very long ago. Um, now, uh, when we look at uh, trade facilitation uh, in a general context, uh, uh, there have been uh, numerous definitions of what is trade facilitation. Uh, the one I like best is, is from APEC. Uh, which is as follows. Uh, trade facilitation generally generally refers to the simplification, harmonization, 
use of new technologies and other measures to address procedural and administrative uh, impediments uh, to trade. Um, and this is all encapsulated, if you like, uh, within the uh, WTO trade facilitation agreement that was recently concluded. Uh, the trade facilitation agreement has, has a number of, of very important features that uh, impact on uh, the trade community in the United States, and these include uh, the simplification and harmonization of import-export procedures and forms, disciplines on border fees and charges, uh, the development of single-window paperless automati automated systems, advanced customs rulings, rapid release of goods such as pre-arrival clearance and authorized traders, expedited shipments such as by uh, FedEx or DHL, and the use of international standards, uh, particularly for the single window, such as the WCO data model, uh, UN Edifat, uh, the UN layout key, and UN eDocs. All right. So all of that sounds great. Is it? Was it in any way controversial? Was it difficult to negotiate uh, this issue uh, in Doha or in, in, in the Doha round in Bali, or or was it basically a smooth path to where we are now? Well, the remarkable thing about trade facilitation is that it was one of the four original so-called Singapore issues that emerged and became. Uh, part of the larger uh, Doha development agenda, uh, part of the Doha round. Three of the four Singapore issues dropped out because of, uh, of uh, disagreements between uh, the developed and developing uh, countries. And the only one that remained, where everyone was largely um, uh, in uh, consensus, uh, was trade facilitation. So uh, from from the get-go, there's been a, a strong support um, globally uh, amongst all countries, all WTO members, to move forward uh, with um, uh, trade facilitation. And as a result, uh, the only agreement uh, to date to come out of the Doha round uh, is uh, this uh, remarkable uh, agreement, um, the WTO uh, Trade Facilitation Agreement. As close as you can get internationally to mom and apple pie, I suppose, although that's probably overstating the case because no issue is without fr friction completely when these countries get together. But in any case, so let's take it down to the level of the single window, if, you, if we could do that, and, and, and describe for me how that comes out of the trade facilitation agreement and what exactly is the single window. Yes, well, the single window has always featured prominently uh, in the trade facilitation negotiations uh, at the WTO level and indeed even at regional levels. Uh, so uh, when, we, when we look at the WTO trade facilitation agreement, uh, there is a clear uh, section, a detailed section on uh, implementation, uh, mandatory implementation of uh, single windows by the WTO membership. Now, in terms of what the single window is, um, what it uh, entails, uh, is, is something that has uh, not only been uh, addressed in the WTO trade facilitation agreement, but it has also been, uh, again, the, the subject of, 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 of detailed description or definition 
uh, by uh, some of the uh, the intergovernmental uh, organizations and and particularly and particularly by uh, UN uh, CFAT or the United Nations Center for Trade Facilitation in Electronic Business. And I could give you a, a very brief um, definition of single window as it is understood uh, in the, uh, the international community, and that is as follows. Uh, a single window is, quote, a facility that allows parties involved in trade and transport to lodge standardized information and documents with a single entry point to fulfill all import, export, and transit-related regulatory requirements. If information is electronic, then individual data elements should be submitted only once. Sounds great, but I imagine that might engender a little bit of controversy within agencies. Each might think that their own authority is being somehow compromised in any way. I mean, was there any friction in terms of reaching this point where a single entry would therefore be usable by all regulatory bodies. Was Is that been well, a problem? I, that has been a problem. I mean, it, it's not just a problem in the U.S., but it's been a problem with really uh, the entire WTO membership. Uh, the, the whole question, I mean, and it's not even so much friction so much as uh, the whole question of interagency uh, coordination and, and uh, each and every agency uh, that has a stake being on the same page. Here in the U.S. with our own single window, which I'd like to talk about more uh, in just a minute, here we've actually had a, an absolutely massive effort expended in, in terms of coordination and development uh, of the single window involving not only Customs and uh, Border Protection, or CBP, which has been the lead agency, but also uh, an additional 47 agencies uh, in the, uh, the U.S. federal government. Uh, but they have managed to get along, and they have managed to uh, put together a remarkable system, uh, which is going to be launched uh, uh, very, very soon. In fact, we already have partial functionality. Did the post-9-11 era kind of throw a wrench into the works in any way, or did it or was it the other way around? Did it cause a lot of agencies to want to come together in a more harmonized environment? Well, I think the, the key point here is that uh, the U.S. was one of the leaders in the single-window movement and always has been internationally. But domestically, 9-11 uh, really did throw a wrench uh, into uh, single-window uh, development and deployment. It really put us behind, and understandably so. I mean, the, the focus shifted from, if you like, trade facilitation, trade efficiencies to trade security and indeed national security. That really diminished the momentum behind the single window movement, particularly as uh, CBP uh, was placed under the Department of Homeland Security. But that's changed and, and we're back on track and indeed we're moving full steam ahead uh, very aggressively, and this is particularly underlined by uh, President Obama's uh, recent executive order uh, on uh, single-window deployment, which was uh, issued in uh, February of this year. So you're saying, it sounds like you're saying very soon, but how soon? What is the timetable for implementation of the single-window in the United States? Well, again, this is all laid out in, in President Obama's executive order, and, and again, that's available uh, online. But the timetable, uh, there are actually a number of, of deadlines, uh, which I can 
mention uh, in a moment or two. Uh, but the the key deadline and the uh, the key point uh, in time uh, for full deployment of the U.S. single window is no later uh, than December 2016, and that's not far away. No, that's not at all. Are we on track to reach that at this point? We are indeed. And uh, again, I, I, my, my hat is off to uh, Customs and Border uh, Protection, as well as uh, the other 47 agencies who have come together and produced a, an extremely ambitious and, and functional uh, single window for the United States. Uh, and I say this because I mean, not only do we have so many agencies involved here, but uh, single window deployment uh, is, uh, is inherently a, a very complex undertaking because it involves the application of sophisticated ICT solutions to international trade processes. So, uh, when, you say again, I, uh, when you say ICT, information communication technology, is that what you mean? That's right. Okay. That's right. Sorry. And, and that's what really the single window is all about. It's it's about the application of uh, you know the most advanced uh, ICT uh, solutions uh, to to international trade. And and indeed, this is epitomized when we look at the U.S. single window, which, as I've mentioned, is partially functional already. And there are two major constituents of the U.S. single window. One is the uh, automated Commercial Environment, or ACE, and the other is the International Trade Data System, or ITDS. These are the two major uh, components uh, of the U.S. single window. Of course, Customs has spent years trying to get to the dream of ACE, or whatever they used to call it back then before it became ACE, but finally they're on track to create a true automated commercial environment uh, after all these years of, of, uh, <laughs> of attempts, right? That is correct. It is a, a very uh, impressive uh, achievement. As I said, it's partially functional. But ACE, as the U.S. single window, uh, will provide the trade uh, with the ability to submit all required information regarding you know, individual shipments. Uh, this uh, submission will, be, uh, will involve a single electronic transmission uh, with all relevant trade data being distributed not only to Customs and Border Protection, but to these other 47 uh, federal agencies, which are known as PGAs, or partner government agencies. Uh, so as a result of the implementation of this program, uh, we're going to see um, a situation where cargo clearance, compliance, regulatory compliance is speeded up dramatically. Uh, we're going to see, uh, importantly, the substitution and we're already seeing this, the substitution of multiple paper and form submissions by the trade uh, to multiple U.S. agencies, all being reduced to one single electronic submission. And this means that for cargo clearances, which previously, and even today, uh, take days, uh, that this will occur, uh, these clearances will occur in a matter of hours or even minutes. Uh, and, and another uh, very important dimension of all of this is that there will be substantial transaction and compliance cost savings for the trade generally, uh, including for supply chains and small and medium-sized enterprises. Can we expect this will lead to fewer customs inspections in the, co in the course of expediting the flow of trade? Yes, because that's uh, indeed part of the uh, – that is one of the purposes behind uh, – 
the the single window is because everything is is monitored electronically um, and indeed that the, where there are special programs including trusted trader programs uh, that we will see in, in many cases uh, pre-arrival clearances uh, occurring uh, for for international shipments so this will tie back to CTPAT, the Customs Trade uh, Partnership Against Terrorism, as well? Yes. Okay, so that's a part of the trusted trader thing. Then when you make this kind of submission, if you are in that program, not only, I mean, you had a chance before, you had less chance before of being inspected. Now is even a better chance of your, of your, of your goods being expedited. That is correct. Yeah. What is required of the private trading community in order to come up to speed on this? There is a need, of course, to understand what uh, ACE is, uh, and there are um, several elements uh, to uh, the, the ACE um, single window. I might briefly mention the four major components of the ACE uh, ICTDS system. These include the PGA message set, in which trade data submitted via ACE is transmitted to CBP, and to the uh, relevant PGAs for uh, customs clearance and regulatory compliance purposes. Second, there is the document imaging system, which allows for the submission of e-documents or PDFs in conjunction with trade data. Uh, and this is done uh, in order to satisfy treaty or regulatory compliance uh, requirements. Uh, and this would include, uh, for example, commercial invoices, bills of lading, uh, phytosanitary certificates, and certificates of origin. Third is the Automated Export System, or AES, which covers the electronic aspects of U.S. Uh, exports. And pursuant to AES, the trade will have the ability to submit commodity, manifest, and export control licensing data to CBP and uh, to relevant PGAs. And uh, very importantly is the uh, Automatic Broker Interface System, or ABI. Now, the ABI is the current system. I mean, it's a very, very important system uh, because this is the, the primary way in which traders interact with the U.S. single window, with ACE. That's one of the um, oldest, oldest elements of the program. ABI has been around for quite a while, has it not? That's true. That's true. But it remains really the current centerpiece of the ACE system. And I think one of the points to understand here is that ACE is, to a significant extent, extent not entirely, because there, uh, there are uh, other dimensions here, but that the ACE uh, single window is, for the most part, not web-based, uh, not internet-based. It's, it's rather a, an EDI uh, system um, involving computer-to-computer -computer interfaces. And that means that the mechanism that is used for uh, electronic submissions will continue to be this EDI-based automated uh, broker interface, the ABI. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. I mean, uh, certainly most, the overwhelming majority, over 96% of all entries filed with CBP uh, are filed using uh, ABI. But this will continue to be the case. So all traders will be required to have EDI capability in some way. Not necessarily. I mean, it's true that ABI filing is available to brokers, importers, carriers, port authorities, and independent service centers. And therefore, you know, traders, importers, 
in particular are certainly uh, qualified uh, to to file uh, using ABI. They don't have to, of course. Uh, they can utilize uh, the services of uh, a number of uh, ABI participants, uh, and indeed there are lists of these ABI participants who can do the filings and that do already have uh, the necessary software and the EDI uh, interface with the CBP uh, and the PGAs. I mean, a, a, couple, a couple of examples that just come immediately uh, to mind are uh, Amber Road and uh, SAP uh, Labs uh, here in California. Right. So I'm just wondering, though, in terms of the investment that an importer or an exporter needs to make in either hardware, software, or business processes in order to get up to speed with a single window, is there any particular investment involved, or is it simply mostly what most of them already have in place? Well, again, I, as I said, traders can simply you know, utilize the services of ABI participants uh, who have this software, but it is the software is available uh, mm -hmm. to the trade, uh, and can be purchased, um, and uh, certainly uh, importers can uh, act as, as self-filers. Um, so yes, there there will be expenses involved if one uh, engages in self-filing. And there are no issues, or are there issues out there with regard to standards? I think I heard heard you reference earlier the UN Edifact uh, protocols for EDI, which of course are not exactly the same as those used by a lot of U.S. EDI users, the ANSI X12 standards. Uh, I guess there's been translation between those two formats for some time now. My understanding is it's not an issue. Is that the case? Do the international standards apply here, and does that cause any complication for American importers or exporters? Well, I mean, that's a very interesting question. Um, I mean, the the system that has been adopted, as I understand it, by CBP and uh, by the U.S. government is essentially the UN Edifact standard. And that is one that is widely used uh, internationally, was developed by the United Nations, uh, by UNECE and, and UNCFACT. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is, 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 is the standard for data uh, interchange, uh, trade data interchange uh, around the world. Uh, it's particularly uh, prevalent in, in Europe and, and Asia. Uh, now, I know we have, the, the, we have alternative standards here in the U.S., but as far as CBP is concerned, it is the, the UN Edifact standard that is being used. Having said that, I mean, there is and continues to be an ongoing debate between the uh, utility of uh, EDI and, and uh, UN Edifact. I mean, these are essentially uh, pre-internet standards uh, that were developed uh, for international trade. And, of course, everyone uses the Internet today. And uh, the, the interesting dimension about the, uh, the ACE system is, again, it still remains largely uh, EDI-based. Uh, so the question, uh, and indeed it has been an ongoing debate, is uh, shouldn't we be moving over to XML, uh, extensible markup language, uh, as as the standard, uh, as the as the primary internet standard, in terms of uh, how international trade processing and cargo processing uh, should occur. So that 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 is a that is an evolution that will continue uh, to develop. Uh, there are already uh, areas in which XML has made inroads uh, into uh, the uh, uh, 
uh, into the, the international trade community, uh, into uh, this whole uh, the, the issues of, of schema and, and uh, data processing. Uh, but at the same time, EDI has also evolved and now does also have uh, internet internet capabilities. Um, so uh, it will be interesting to see how how this works out. Okay, and real quickly, I just want to you know you give me a, a brief overview of what's going on with single windows elsewhere, uh, China, Singapore, South Korea. I take it they are all well along, if not more well more along than we are on this on this initiative. Well, thank you for for raising that very, very important uh, question and and, uh, what's going on uh, uh, regionally and and internationally. I think one of the interesting points to understand is because of 9-11 and because of uh, you know our concerns and understandable concerns with national security. You know, other countries have been able to move forward more efficaciously than than the United States. And so, when we look to let's say um, the APEC economies in particular, where trade facilitation has been really a, a, a very high priority, and I've been involved in those efforts, we we see very advanced. Uh, single windows that are already fully operational. And, and the two key ones are the uh, Korea U-Trade hub and Singapore Trade Net and Trade Exchange. Uh, now, China itself is involved in, a, uh, in, in deploying its single window. Uh, it has an elaborate uh, sub-national single window uh, system or subsystems that uh, it is implementing uh, currently, uh, so they are also uh, well along in uh, in SW development. But what I want to mention specifically about Korea U Trade uh, and uh, Singapore uh, is that uh, these are systems that are not simply B to G, um, such as the A system, but they are integrated, uh, comprehensive systems that include both B to G interactions, that is to say trade to to government, but they also include B to B systems involving e-logistics and e-payment platforms. So they're comprehensive trade solutions, and everything goes through the single window, both the public aspects of trade and all of the myriad private dimensions, so involving letters of credit, involving uh, payment, involving transportation of goods, the use of e-bills of lading, uh, and the like. So these are very complex systems. They are the best systems. They are the advanced single-window systems, and I strongly believe that the United States will be moving in those directions. The indications are that we will, and this means that there's going to be a very important role uh, for private business in this country in the development of these integrated uh, B2G, B2B systems, uh, and we can expect rapid business and ICT growth uh, regarding the development of these systems uh, in the U.S. over the next uh, several years. Well, this sounds like a whole a subject for a whole other discussion that we could have. Uh, but in the meantime, it sounds like good news that we're at least moving in that direction. And Don Lewis, I want to thank you so much for bringing us up to date on the single window and the progress of uh, toward trade facilitation. Thank you very much for being with us. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bob, for having me. And uh, you know, I think we should all applaud uh, the U.S. government and particularly uh, uh, Customs and Border Protection for the outstanding work they've done in, in pulling off this really uh, massive initiative uh, and the deployment of the U.S. single 
the window. That was my conversation with international legal consultant Don Lewis with good news for importers and exporters. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch nearly 2,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. And don't forget, check us out on iTunes. Just search for Supply Chain Brain Podcast. See you next time.